Hello everyone and welcome back to Astro Skeptic, the astrology podcast for skeptics. This is season two, episode 11, and the sixth installment of our Planets en Essence series. Our subject today is the wonderful and enigmatic Saturn. But as always, friendly reminder to leave us a really nice and pleasant rating on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify and follow us on social media at Astro Skeptic Pod. You can check out our website as well, which is astroskeptic.org, and all of our show notes and sources are listed there. We have a contact form, too, where you can submit questions, comments, etc. Friendly reminder, we do not censor for language or content, so listener discretion is always advised. Um, Paige, did you see the shit that web, like, telescope thing or whatever from fucking NASA released? NASA. (laughs) NASA released today or yesterday and today? I saw a few photos, but they were very, like, basic and kind of just looked like pictures I've already seen. I didn't, like, look hardcore at it, honestly, because I've been busy doing notes for this podcast, so... Right. Are there some I mean, cool pics out there? Yeah, and just the shit's wild. Like, it's so much more, like, the imaging is so much better than Hubble. So, and, like, as they explained it, like, the image that I first saw, they said if you held up a grain of sand at arm's length from Earth, like, this is all that would be contained in that grain of sand. And, like, literally, I can't make fucking sense of the universe. It's so fucking big i don't i can't comprehend it um and like how we're seeing shit that's like a billion years old or a hundred billion years old it's like it it doesn't make any sense so i don't know that's that's all just wondering if you had seen it you should look into it because you'll be fascinated by it okay i'm looking i see this one picture that looks like a fucking mountain and it looks like it it looks like it's painted (laughs) honestly well that's like the nebula there was like they released more today so there was an exploding star and like some galaxy ass shit but like the one i'm talking about we have seen pictures like it before pretty sure one of them was my computer background in like 2008 um but it's just like it's just fucking galaxies man i don't know it's space. It doesn't make any sense. I don't get that freaked out about it anymore. I used to, though. At this point, I've just accepted, like... Well, I mean, I accept it, but it's just when I really try yeah, to think about it yeah. and, like, conceptualize it or whatever, it's just, like, fuck, you know? It's It's not that it freaks me out. I mean, if anything, it just um emphasizes my basic principle core of my morality that like life is meaningless but uh, uh, <laughs> but uh yeah why wouldn't you wild. you would so you couldn't you could i think alternatively see that and think wow life must have so much meaning like no, how can all of all... these things exist and coexist and like Fucking something science, had to create man. all this shit yeah i mean something like fucking chemical reactions created it the big bang yeah yeah I mean, but it's what made really... the chemical reaction happen i get it i get it i get it i understand i don't know that's like some physics shit that's beyond me but 
essentially we are so small we are so minuscule so insignificant in the scope of the universe that ultimately nothing matters like everything that is such a big deal you know a plant dies and we're like oh my god my plant died like none of that shit matters you lose your job oh, it doesn't matter god. it doesn't matter it doesn't i matter. think no see i think that it's all about perspective sure anyway i think the more interesting news um is what happened to carlos santana did you hear about this I mean, yes, I didn't know it was in Michigan, but yes. Yeah, he was so he, in case, you know, our listeners haven't heard, he passed out on stage during a concert. He has a heart condition. Well, he passed out from heat exhaustion. And you know what I... he has a heart condition. Okay, whatever. But you know what I immediately thought? I was like, damn, it must have been a hot one. (laughs) Like seven inches from the midday sun. You were waiting all day to make this joke, weren't you? <laughs> no, I forgot about it until I was just now looking at the notes, and I was really excited. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a good one. He I know. Must have, and I, I wonder if he fell smooth. I want to know if Rob Thomas called him after he found out he was okay, and he was like, damn, Carlos, it must have been a hot one. Because if he didn't do that, I'd be pissed. <laughs> I'm not sure how in touch they are. I'm not sure if they stayed close. Oh my god! You know what's you know what's you know what's funny is there was I can't remember the comedian's name, but he's kind of like a he's a squirrely scrawny dude with long curly blonde hair, and he's a comedian. And he had this TikTok video where he said he went to like a um Rob Thomas concert or Matchbox Twenty or whatever, and he was like in between songs on stage talking about how he and Carlos Santana talk on the phone every night. And this comedian was like, really? Carlos Santana's going to call to you every night before he goes to bed. Right. It was right, 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 right. But either I way, um, all my best wishes to Carlos Santana. Yeah, sending it up to Carlos. I hope he, hope he recovers and is uh back playing the 2000 the 1999 smash hit smooth in no time was it 1999 yeah probably yeah I think uh so. i don't know but either way it was uh a jam a fucking banger man it still is a banger well anyway let's just jump right in because today we're going to get real serious as we talk about Father Time himself, Saturn. I'm going to start off the mythological history section with a quick note. It's fitting that I came across this article in my research on Saturn, which will make sense to you all later on in this episode, but I want to just give you and myself a reminder of the ambiguous nature of ancient history. We have kind of already confronted this by way of the issues encountered surrounding ancient Egyptian mythology, but unfortunately, many ancient texts are poorly preserved and often contradict each other. In an article titled Understanding Planets in Ancient Mesopotamia, published in the 16th edition of the electronic journal Folklore, authors Unkasak and Raoul Vid discuss some discrepancies in Mesopotamian mythology as it relates to the planet. I quote, 
The relations of planets with gods are intricate and deserve a separate study and much more accurate terminology than we are currently used to. The tangle is further increased by the fact that the planets with the strongest maleficent influence, like Mercury, Saturn, and Mars, do not always have a strong one-to-one relation to one god. E.g., Saturn is connected to Ninurta, who tends to be identified with Nabu, who in turn is connected with Mercury. We can also, starting from Ninurta, reach the war god Nergal, who is connected to Mars. The mythology of Mesopotamia, ancient Egypt, Maya, etc. often evolved with slightly different variations based almost solely on geographic movements or separations. This combined with the fact that modern access to ancient texts all rely on translations and interpretations, which can be subjective, leads us to the troubled conclusion that we can't take any of it at complete face value. I wanted to bring this up because this is a podcast for skeptics and you should be skeptical of everything, especially ancient history, because it is one of the most difficult things to prove. With that being said, however, we will continue to give you the information that we find about Mesopotamian mythology because it does have some credibility. We just want you to always keep in mind the fact that all history is subjective and like science, can evolve over time as we find and learn more. Anyway, Ed Rant. <laughs> wow, I mean, that's well said. I feel like clapping afterward, but I'll just keep really? on. Yeah, so keeping all of that in mind, I'm going to tell you a little ditty about the Mesopotamian god Ninurta, who is most commonly associated with Saturn. Ninurta was a Sumerian and Akkadian hero god of war, hunting the scribal arts and the south wind, you know. He began in the 3rd millennium BCE as an agricultural god, but evolved into a war god as the cities of Mesopotamia increasingly militarized and began campaigns of conquest against one another. He was primarily associated uh, with aggression and power, but also thought to have healing and protective powers. He was often invoked in magical spells to ward off danger and demons and disease, and he was seen as a protector against general chaos. Um, In iconography, Ninurta was most often represented as a warrior-type character, sometimes with upraised wings, holding a bow and arrow, and carrying his famous mace, Sharur, a weapon capable of speech and reason. Hmm. Thanks, Reva. Since we have decided to skip ancient Egyptian mythology from here on out, I will jump right into the good old Greeks. In Greek mythology, Saturn is represented by the titan Cronus, the second ruler over the cosmos. As we briefly mentioned last week, Cronus took control of the cosmos from his father, Uranus, for the advice of his mother, Gaia. He usurped his father by castrating him with his infamous scythe. He was depicted as being lustful for power and referred to as the father of time, in particular when viewed as a destructive, all-devouring force. He was married to his sister, Rhea, with whom he had six children, Demeter, Hades, Hera, Hestia, Poseidon, and Zeus. As you learned last week, Cronus decided to swallow his children whole out of paranoia that they would overthrow him, but 
thanks to Rhea, he didn't actually swallow Zeus, who then overthrew him when he was older and forced him to regurgitate his siblings. Then there was a ten-year war between the gods and the titans for control of the cosmos. When Zeus was victorious, he banished his father and the other titans to Tartarus to suffer for all eternity. Tartarus is basically an endless pit of suffering located in the underworld. For all intents and purposes, a special place in hell. Wow, that's so nice. What a lovely story that is, man. They really know how to tell a happy tale, don't they? The Greeks. I know. Um, so in Roman mythology, the planet was associated with the god of its namesake, Saturn. Some scholars believe Saturn existed in Roman mythology long before the invasion quote-unquote, of Greek religion and associate him with the Etruscan god Seder. Some scholars believe Saturn existed in Roman mythology long before the quote-unquote invasion of Greek religion and associate him with the Etruscan god Seder. While this claim has yet to be verified, the idea is demonstrative of the significance of Saturn in the Roman religion, but the mythology of Rome was much nicer to Saturn than the Greeks were to Cronus. Once he was defeated by his son Jupiter, he was exiled from Mount Olympus, however not banished, to an endless pit in hell. According to legend, it seemed as though once Jupiter kicked him out of Olympus, Saturn just kind of floated about and went whenever, wherever he wanted to. And Jupiter was basically like, I don't care where you go, but just don't fuck with me. Saturn settled in Latinum on the future side of Rome. His arrival was welcomed by the Roman god Janus, the two-faced god of beginnings and ends. Sounds real cool. He quickly established himself there and founded the nearby city of Saturnia. According to ancient myth, Saturn ruled Latinum wisely during its golden age, a time of great prosperity and peace. It was during this time that he became more closely associated with agriculture, he taught the people of Rome about farming and viticulture, which is a fancy word for the production of grapes, a.k.a. probably how to make wine, which we all understand. He also helped the locals to rid themselves of their barbaric customs and instead adopt a more civic and moral lifestyle. Hmm, all right. Saturn's prominence in Roman mythology has been cemented by two main things. His temple and his festival. The Temple of Saturn, built around 498 BCE, is located at the foot of Capitoline Hill and housed the Roman treasury and the records and decrees of the Roman Senate. After a brief period of disarray, the temple was reconstructed in 42 BCE by Lucius Monasius. Whatever. Ooh, good. Good. <laughs> yeah, was that good? Uh, but wait, there's more. Plancus? <laughs> All right. Yeah. By Lucius Monasius Plancus at the behest of Augustus. Lots of us's happening there. The Saturnalia was a celebrated Roman festival held from December 17 to 23rd and corresponded to the sowing of winter grain. It consisted of, like most Roman festivals, numerous feasts, lots of beverages, and entertainment, which may have consisted of gladiators and ooh, human sacrifice. Presiding over the festival was a mock king, the king of misrule. Gifts were typically exchanged and slaves were given a limited amount of freedom. 
For one, they did not have to wear the traditional felt hat or pileus. Leisure attire was also permitted, and uniquely, the master of slaves reversed roles. Slaves gave orders to the masters, and masters waited on slaves. All in all, it was most assuredly a great time. I really enjoy the times where I do not have to wear my traditional felt hat. Yeah, I um, feel free, you know? And feel the like breeze on leisure my, attire? On my skull. Beautiful. I'm wearing leisure attire right now. The same. Booty shorts. And a crop top. I'm wearing sweatpants. Well, somewhat related to all of that, I just want to say the show Rome on HBO is super good. And honestly, it helped turn me on to Roman history like recently. I don't know why. You know, I think in your head you idolize Greek history because you kind of learn a lot about Greek mythology. I was an English major, so a lot a lot of my classic lit classes, you read the Iliad, you read the Odyssey, you're just kind of into the Greeks. And when you think of the Romans, you're like, oh, they killed Jesus, um, they were barbarians, and maybe some of that is true. But they were also pretty cool, and the show Rome on HBO is super interesting. And honestly, it's kind of like, fairly historically accurate you know they do kind of they kind of mesh a lot of historical characters together and stuff but i think it's really good and if anybody struggles to vibe with roman history like me you should watch that and you'll probably be more into it um it stars kind of a bunch of unknown people but they're really good i'm i wonder why they remained unknown because it's kind of an older show i think it came out in the early mid 2000s but does star Tobias Menzies, a.k.a. Frank Randall from Outlander. Yeah, so. I mean, say less. That'll turn me on to Roman history enough. He's you know actually the guy that stabbed Caesar. I saw where that happened. What, like a clip or something? Or you no, went to like Italy I went and to saw Rome. That. I went to oh. the Roman <laughs> Forum, and they were like, and this is the fucking tunnel or whatever. Or the rock. It's either someone was poisoned in a fucking tunnel or something. I think it was the rock where Caesar was stabbed, which is just like yeah. Dude, I'm pretty go. sure it was in the. It was like in the um, Senate area. Yeah. I well. Yeah. The forum. Yeah. I yeah. mean, dude, go to the fucking Roman. I forum know. Is one of I want to go now. I've ever seen. I it was feel like so cool. I have this issue where I don't want to. It's like if something is super cool and everybody wants to do it you know like when we were in france everybody was going to italy and i was just like well mostly i was broke but i was just like man fuck that i also feel like and i need to get over this i need to get over this but i feel guilty about going to a foreign country where i can't speak the language like i feel like an asshole and so i feel like oh if i want to go to italy i need to learn italian but then it's like no, that's a, I feel like that's a lot. Like, you don't have to learn every I mean, language. <laughs> no, like, I think you should know, like, familiarity. Yeah, things. I know. Like, learn polite phrases, but no, you don't need to learn Italian. I just remember, like, one thing I liked about being in France was that, like, I could speak French, and it, like, would shock. It would kind of sometimes it would surprise the French people. They'd be like, oh, my God, everybody thinks Americans are, you know, ignorant assholes. We but are. then when I go to England, Italy, I will be an ignorant asshole. <laughs> I'll be like, LaDonna. <laughs> 100% they're used to it. Don't worry about it. They'll be, a, they'll be an asshole right back to you. 100%. Yeah. Maybe one day I'll go. I might Maybe. be a descendant of Rome, so. 
I mean, probably in some way. Um, are we ready to move on to astronomology? Go for it. Okay, so Saturn is the sixth planet from the sun and is the second largest planet in our solar system, the first, of course, being Jupiter. Saturn's radius is nine times larger than Earth's. If Earth were the size of a nickel, Saturn would be the size of a volleyball. It is 886 million miles away from the sun, and it takes sunlight about 80 minutes to travel to Saturn. Like Jupiter, Saturn is mostly made up of hydrogen and helium, and one day on Saturn is equal to about 10.7 Earth hours, and it takes about 29 and a half Earth years for Saturn to complete a single orbit. It has an axis tilt of 26.73 degrees, very similar to ours, which means that, like Earth, Saturn experiences the seasons. So since one year on Saturn is almost 30 years on Earth, seasons on Saturn are also significantly longer. Each lasts about seven years. Imagine a seven-year winter. That's some, like, Game of Thrones shit. But, alas... I digress. The most interesting thing about Saturn is undoubtedly his rings. Fleshy. The Saturnian ring system extends up to 175,000 miles and has a vertical height of about 30 feet on average. When viewed from a distance, he has seven distinct rings, all named for the first letters of the alphabet. The main rings are A, B, and C. D, E, F, and G are much fainter. Each ring is comprised of mostly small chunks of ice and rock believed to be pieces of comets, asteroids, or shattered moons, which is a great name for a band. Mm -hmm. Some ring particles are minuscule and dust-like, while others are as big as a house. Nobody knows exactly why Saturn has rings. Some scientists believe it is due to the size of the planet, combined with its strong gravitational pull, although... Jupiter's larger and has the strongest gravitational pull and only has some weak-ass rings, so let's just say it's still very much up for debate. My hypothesis is that it just happened. Mm. Space man. Saturn's core is made up of metals like iron and nickel. It is surrounded by rocky material and other compounds solidified by intense pressure and heat. It is enveloped by a layer of liquid metallic hydrogen inside a layer of liquid hydrogen. Saturn's core is almost identical to Jupiter's, just much smaller. Saturn is the only planet in the solar system that has a density less than water. That means that if there were a large enough body of water to submerge it in, it would float. Hmm. While all of this is no doubt interesting... There is much left to be discovered about Saturn. To date, only four robotic spacecraft have visited the ringed giant. NASA's Pioneer 11 and Voyagers 1 and 2 performed flybys in the late 1970s and early 1980s. The International Cassini mission performed the most extensive examination of Saturn, studying the planet for 13 years from 2004 to 2017 until its final suicide mission, where it plunged into the planet, gathering atmospheric data along the way. Unfortunately, there aren't any official plans right now for NASA or other space agencies to return to Saturn, but we hope that changes soon. 
That is very interesting. But Paige, I mean, truly, I think it might actually be time to talk about Saturn in astrology, right? Yeah, I do want to remark, though, on how I feel like nobody cares about Saturn. I don't know. I guess I feel like our interest is like slowly like it starts, you know, as us with humans in the 70s, 80s are like, oh, Venus, it's super close. And then, then we're like, Venus sucks. Then we're like, maybe we'll look at Mercury a little bit. And we're like, yeah, now we're like obsessed with Mars. And then I'm sure all of the other scientists who are like, man, screw Mars. They're now obsessed with Jupiter. And maybe eventually people will care about Saturn and then Uranus and then Neptune. And people already talk shit about Pluto, but I'm, you know, I like Pluto. So whatever. I like Saturn. I always liked Saturn the best because it was the easiest to draw. Oh my God. Oh my God. What the fuck you? was that? That sounds like it some demonic shit. Popped up on my fucking phone. Ew. Jesus. What was that? It's fine. It was a thing for my mom. Okay. Um. Anyway, I liked Saturn the best as a kid and now because it's the easiest planet to draw. Well, I mean, like, and recognize it's uh, a circle with the ring. You, they're all just fucking circles. Well, I know. That's what I mean. Like, you wouldn't, like, if somebody draws a circle, you don't know that that's a planet. Somebody draws a circle with a ring around it, you're like, oh, that's Saturn. That's sure, what sure, I'm saying. Sure. Sure, 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 sure. Anyway, let's talk about Saturn in astrology. Okay. As with most of the planets we've discussed so far, Saturn's astrological significations are very similar to those of his related deities in ancient mythology. As... He was considered to the Greeks and Romans. Saturn in astrology is absolutely the father of time. He is the great teacher, the king of delayed gratification, the master of the long game. I will quote Roy to get us started. Saturn's dedication to structure and discipline suits order in business and politics as well as the physical frames upon which our buildings and bodies depend. Yet, too much control can calcify our actions and attitudes, freezing the juices of creativity and rendering us impotent. There must be a limit to limitation. If we keep this in mind, we can benefit from the positive aspects of Saturn's control and strength. So, right off the bat, people are spooked by saturn you know everybody talks about their saturn return and everybody acts like saturn is you know this big asshole and they don't like him and they don't want to see him they don't want to be around him but people just say that out of fear at the end of the day saturn teaches us the hard lessons but the lessons that are most important the shit that we need to know saturn is about the struggle the strife the journey um, one could argue the meaning of life, what gives life meaning. So I actually really like Saturn. Um, always have, always will. He's my dog. I will say if Jupiter's an optimist, Saturn's a pessimist. That long diatribe that Riva gave in the beginning about how life is meaningful, 
it's probably Gabe <laughs> because she has a Capricorn stellium, which is ruled by Saturn. And that stellium includes Saturn. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure you said meaningful, and you definitely mean meaningless. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I do. All of that is true. <laughs> so Saturn is also about restrictions, limitations, delayed gratification, frustrations, constraints, but also persistence. Focus, patience, resilience, commitment, things that are old, old people, old books. <laughs> um, Saturn is all about shit that doesn't come easy. You gotta put in the work if you wanna reap the bennies of Saturn. Saturn teaches us how to overcome difficulties, how to develop self-discipline, and teaches us about the harshness of reality, for better or for worse. Um, he traditionally rules Capricorn and Aquarius, which tracks because Capricorn is... As we said last season, we'll give you a refresher. It's a sign that's all about sensibility, everything within reason. It's very ambitious, very career-oriented, very hardworking, very persistent, very practical, very disciplined in life, typically, very decent work ethic. Aquarius is all of those things, but in a more mental way because it's an air sign so Aquarius is about mental discipline emotional discipline being mentally practical using your mental resources the most efficiently blah 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 I'm going to go through the essential dignities real quick Saturn is exalted in Libra as we said domicile in Capricorn and Aquarius it is in fall in Aries and in detriment in Cancer and Leo so let's expand on that for a moment. So exalted in Libra, little obscure to understand at first, but it makes sense because Saturn at the end of the day is all about the long game. It's all about being efficient, being practical, um, like a good use of resources. And Libra is like very balanced, right? And so when you have that, one one issue that Saturn can have is, you know, obviously it's about constriction and restraint. If you have that in excess, you can become impotent. You can become, you know, I don't know if analysis by paralysis is the best way to describe it, but basically you are too restricted. You are not doing anything. And you're closed off to every opportunity. Um, so Saturn is kind of answering the question of Jupiter, where Jupiter is just like massive expansion all the time. How do you grow? You want you want to experience this. You want to experience that. You want to do this. You want to do that. You want to have this. You want to have that. And Saturn's like, okay, you can't do everything. And even if you could, you wouldn't have enough time to get something good out of everything, right? You're kind of just like, you're not appreciating everything because you're trying to do everything. So you're like rushing, rushing, rushing. The more you have, the 
less perspective you have, blah, 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 blah. So Libra gives Saturn the ability to kind of balance that restriction, right? So you're not too restricted, but you're also not unrestricted. And in terms of like, you know, Libra's a very social sign. It's about relationships too. So typically you put Saturn, which is like all about commitment, into a relationship, committed relationship, pretty good. Um, and also society, social gatherings in general. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't think Saturn is a super social planet, but it is all about efficiency and achieving things. And as a society, as a civilization, if we want to achieve shit, we kind of have to come together, right? Libra is a sign of communication, bringing people together. And it's also the sign of justice and equality, which helps a society kind of last for a long time. You know what I mean? Like typically civilizations fall when shit gets flipped up on its head and things are not equal anymore. And, you know, you cut off Marie Antoinette's head or whatever. Yeah. You feel me? Yes. Yeah, so that's why it's that exalted. Yeah. So that's why it's exalted in Libra. It's in fall in Aries because Aries is basically the most impatient sign ever. It wants everything now, 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 like an angry baby. And Saturn is like the total opposite of that. Saturn is Did like, Did you Whoa. hear that, Aries? You're the angry baby of the zodiac. Of the zodiac. It's true. I'm not sorry about it. It's It's got its good qualities just like everything else. But Saturn is, does not fucks with that. Saturn is like, whoa, you better chill out, buddy. And then um, detriment and cancer and Leo. Um, cancer, you know what I mean? It's very compassionate. It's very, it gets caught up in its emotions. It's very nurturing. It's not the most practical sign. It's very caught up in other people. And I mean, at the end of the day, Capricorn and Cancer are opposites in the sign or in the zodiac wheel. And so Cancer can be basically everything that Saturn doesn't want. And it can be restrictive. So whatever sign Saturn is in, as we'll get into, Saturn wants to restrict the attributes of that sign. So when you have a Cancer, when the Cancer energy in your life is restricted, you can just feel very like unfulfilled emotionally, you feel neglected, you're just not feeling great. Um, whereas when Saturn is in Capricorn, Capricorn's all about restriction, so it's happy there. And then Leo as well, I think this is one of the, I don't know how many other planets have multiple signs of detriment, but, um, okay, so Leo is all about being creative, and it's all about, you know, shining and putting yourself out there and, like, you know, expressing yourself and putting Saturn in that sign and restricting all of those things can just make somebody feel very, I mean, I know I've already said impotent, but like impotent, you know, like they can't exert themselves, like they can't be themselves. And so Saturn's not happy. Leo's not happy. So that's why it's pretty detriment there. That being said, and I don't know if we've really put enough light on this before, but even if you have a planet that's in the sign of detriment, you can always work it, right? You're not doomed. Nobody is ever doomed. And I mean, Saturn Saturn would tell you that, you know? Every placement that you have in your chart is indicative of the life lessons you're going to learn, that you need to learn. So if you had 
Saturn in Leo, then learning how to express yourself, not limit yourself, not feel super insecure, that's going to be like a big life lesson for you, hard lesson, you know? And when you come out the other side, you're going to feel greater for it. And that's the lesson of Saturn. That's, I mean, people are afraid of Saturn because it's ultimately, Saturn tells them what they're going to struggle with. And I mean, nobody wants to struggle with ever, anything. I mean, why would you yeah. want that? But at the end of the day. Well, I, th- I think like also it's like the mythos of like, oh, my Saturn return, just like Mercury is in retrograde. Like, do people actually have any idea what that means? No, but they just say whatever the fuck else, you know, the people on TikTok say. <laughs> I didn't, you know? I thought you weren't on TikTok, Reva. Well, I'm just assuming that's what Gen Zers all do, and all the Gen Zers are like, oh my God, my Saturn return. I don't know. I'm probably being a little uh, cynical right no, now. No, <laughs> I will say, I mean, the astrology community online in general, on Twitter especially, is is just toxic and stupid. People are stupid. They just say, I mean, the one thing about astrology is that a lot of it's up to interpretation, right? Um, I mean, like a lot of things, I mean, if you try to analyze, you know, literature or movies or try to find meaning in something, it's not like you're citing sources. You're just like looking at it. You're thinking about it. You're comparing it to X, Y, and Z, and everybody's got their own subjective opinion. But astrology is an ancient art, and yeah any anybody can give their opinion on something but at the end of the day like some are more based in historical fact and patterns than others and a lot of i swear to god people on the internet they just be saying people even on astrology memes like i've seen astrology memes and what's super annoying to me is you know sun sign astrology obviously we've talked about it but like i'll see an astrology meme and it'll be like from an account called like Aquarius vibes or something and it's basically just talking about people who have their sun sign in Aquarius and it'll be something totally like absolutely not true like it'll be like as an Aquarius I'm like always just so like a moody and like people don't understand me and my emotions and it's like that's not Aquarius energy that's not Aquarius that's fucking not true (laughs) like Aquarius energy is unemotional if you have emotions and you have emotional intensity and you're an aquarius sun it's due to a different placement it is not aquarius but people just be saying that shit and then all these other people will be in the comments like oh man that's me and like i have to resist the urge to just like go in there and just like wreak havoc in the comment section but there's like a million comments so i just get lost in there anyway and it's not worth it for me but anyway um so I do feel like, you know, the further away you get from the sun, the less personal the planets are. Um, this is the last of the planets that were, or that are visible to the naked eye and that the ancients knew about. Um, but it's still, you know, it's more, it's like a generational planet, you know, like everybody in your generation is going to have similar Saturn signs. Typically Saturn goes retrograde, so it'll be like the same sign as you or the sign before or after in your you know, the year you were born and the couple years before and after you were born are going to be similar. But like we say with Jupiter, it's really the house that's going to be very specific to you. So I think it's harder for people to understand how Saturn affects them as much as they could understand how their moon affects them or their Venus, obviously, because it's not as personal, but it's still important. Um, so I want to talk about our placements for a sec. Um, So, I'll start with myself. 
Um, my Saturn is in Pisces, in my sixth house. So that means a lot of things. Um, as we say, Saturn, where it's at in your chart is where you are going to naturally feel limitations. It's an area where you're going to struggle. You're not going to, it's not like it's the opposite of Jupiter. You're not going to be naturally lucky there. You're not going to be naturally gifted. It's typically the opposite. You might have struggles. You might have issues. You have to work for it. Um, but at the end of the day, like we said, you're better for it. So talking about Pisces, Saturn in Pisces can be a little tricky um, just because Pisces in general is a very complicated sign so it's you know it's like the psychic sign it's this it can be a very emotional sign it's the sign of like mad crazy empathy and um when saturn is in pisces it wants to like restrict that i mean pisces you know it metaphorically we say pisces is like a vast ocean right so imagine trying to restrict the ocean it feels impossible so it can be a struggle to try and restrict that um Pisces is also about victimization, so Saturn wants to limit that. It wants to limit you being victimized or feeling victimized or any kind of feelings of being a victim. So I'll give you some examples. Basically, um, you know, hard knock life stuff, right? So I've gone through some shit in my life, my childhood, blah, 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 blah. I always resented the idea of like feeling sorry for myself. I was always, I had this mindset for myself and for everybody else, especially when I was younger of like, um, pick yourself up by your bootstraps, dust yourself off, get over it, move on. And, uh, I didn't want to be a victim. I didn't want to get, you know, caught up in my emotions. A lot of the times it's cause, you know, I saw other people in my family and my friend groups just like feeling sorry for themselves always wanting to be a victim always wanting other people to help them and feel bad for them and I just hated that I resented that and I even to a fault would like not let myself feel sorry for myself or admit that like I had been going through some shit you know what I mean I wasn't very compassionate to myself um that's something I've had to learn in therapy is how to have and I'm still you know I still struggle with having compassion for myself um, another like real specific example is kind of like, um, when you think about like, I don't know, like the psychic realm, esoteric shit, right? So like the paranormal, okay. Ghosts, um, you know, the sixth sense, whatever. I was always so like freaked out about that. Saturn can be a lot about like fears and insecurity. Like ever since I was a kid, I knew that my dad, like, was into that shit we joked that my dad was a shaman he was a wizard we still joke about that um and well i mean he is he is he but when i was a kid when he first kind of started i started to realize that my dad was like banishing ghosts and demons and shit i would not let my dad talk to me about it i was so freaked out like i was so spooked about demons and ghosts and like i the idea of like ever seeing or like having a paranormal experience or like seeing a ghost or like hearing shit like that i just was like no 
I was like, not for me. Like some people would be like, man, I wish I had, you know, I wish I saw a ghost. And I'm like, and when I was younger, I was like, no, fuck that. <laughs> no, thanks. Um, and that was kind of something I had to get over. Um, because I mean, it is kind of obviously it's spooky shit, but that's something, especially ever since um, I've been an adult, I've just been working with my dad a lot more and I've opened up spiritually because, you know, even though I just didn't, I was mostly just thinking about like ghosts and demonic shit. I kind of just generally like closed myself off spiritually. I was just like, right. I didn't want to open up and it was something that I had to do when my brother died because I feel like when you're first confronted by death, you know, thinking about a higher purpose or a higher power is something that you kind of have to do in order to get through that shit. I was forced to kind of get through that shit and coming through on the other side of it, I feel like I have learned a lot. I have a lot of, you know, lessons and experiences and Whereas, like, you know, somebody who's just, like, born with, like, the ability to see ghosts and shit, like, they don't understand, they don't naturally understand, like, the deep spiritual importance of it. Because it's something they've always had. It's something they're easy with, right? When you have something easy, you don't, you don't know what it's like to not have that or to not experience that. And so that's something that right. I've, you know, experienced through. So I also used to kind of, like, and maybe this was just because of my dad and my mom, but like people who are just like super esoteric, you know, I, I, it's so funny now because I'm around them a lot. Like I'll go to conventions with my dad and shit and I am just way less judgmental about them now because of all the shit that I've, you know, gone through. But when I was younger, I was just like, man, dude, <laughs> I thought they were like froofy fucking weirdos, like totally like, well, I mean, nope. Some of them, you know, well, no, I know, it but it was like, can be for sure. But, like, I was just so turned off by that when I was younger. Like, and, like, now I'm, like, whatever. But um, when I was younger, I was just so not about that shit. Um, right. Another thing that I've, I've read in some of my research when doing specific, like, uh, Piscean, Saturnian combos is, like, sometimes because Pisces can be a lot like, you know, it's about like expanding your mind and like transcending. So it can be related to um, drugs, right? Taking drugs, like, you know, everybody, you know, when tip at some point, a lot of the times in your life, you're like, Ooh, drop acid. You want to take shrooms in college, whatever. And um, I naturally was just like, not trying to do that. Like, and I'm sure a lot of it had to do with me. Like, you know, witnessing the effects of addiction and whatever throughout my childhood. But man, I just was, I just didn't like it. Like even when I remember being young and like smoking weed for the first time, I mostly did it because I kind of just wanted to experience it. It made me feel more grown up. You know what I mean? I'm like 13 years old and like, I'm like, Ooh, you know, I've smoked weed, but I didn't like it. Like I was just like, this is, I feel fucking weird. And, like, I just felt out of control. And I remember, like, I would get really bad anxiety. And all my friends were just like, ooh, like, you know, let's eat some, you know, Doritos. And I would just be over here having, like, an existential crisis. Like, what the fuck? Like, I didn't like it. And a lot of my friends, even into college and stuff, like, my friends would, you know, they'd want to drop acid or take shrooms. And I was just like, no. Like, to this day, I have never dropped acid. And I... I have no desire to because I feel like if I did, I would end up in a psychiatric unit of a hospital. I don't know why I'm just like, nope, don't want that. 
I don't want to mm. feel like that crazy out of control. Like I'm so like I want to my my Saturn wants to restrict that. It doesn't want that. And I don't even like now it's gotten to the point where like I don't even like to drink. I don't want to use any mind altering substances. Like I just don't. And right. I think that can be really like Saturn and Pisces. It wants to restrict that like chaotic feel of Pisces. And um, I mean, because Pisces, you know, is mo- in modern astrology is ruled by Neptune and Neptune is basically chaos. And I don't like that. I don't like chaos. I always when there's chaos, I want to limit it. Even when I just walk into a room and there's like papers all over, I want to stack them. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want chaos. And that is very much my Saturn placement in Pisces. So Saturn is also in my sixth house. Sixth house is ruled by Virgo. It's all about service and sacrifice, health and like daily routines and like it's about like your job. It's not your career. It's kind of just like your daily job, like how you make money. And okay. um so I have Saturn in there in Pisces and I was talking to my dad actually about this over the weekend cuz I was hanging out with him. We went to my grandparents and we had a long car ride and so we talked all things astrology. Um and we were talking about my sixth house saturn and how um so saturn or pisces is a sign of empathy and the sixth house is a sign of service and sacrifice so long story short is i've struggled with i've struggled with limiting how i basically like counsel other people like my the piscean nature of my saturn would like in the sixth house like want to absorb like other people's problems like i would take on their emotions like i would let it like come into my life and affect me and um i really had to learn how to like harness my more aquarian energy and learn how to like detach from people um when i talked to them about their shit because it was it was just something i had to learn it was something i struggled with for a long time especially with people certain people in my life who I really cared about it's like I would just take on their shit and it was so difficult for me not to but I through CBT or CBT and a bunch of other shit I have learned how to like detach and you know I learned the lesson because I know what it's like to not do that I know how like exhausting it is to take on other people's shit and so I know exactly why you shouldn't do that um right and, you know, another basic thing is Saturn in the house of health can, some people say it's indicative of, like, chronic illness, um, which is something I've had, like, migraines and my TMJ and my, you know, OCD. Um, so I've struggled with that. But it can also just be, like, when I was a kid, I didn't, I, you know, I don't know, we were kind of broke, so I didn't eat the best, okay? I didn't, like, I wasn't that concerned with my health. I smoked when I was a teenager, and I drank a lot. Um, You know, I had high metabolism, so I didn't really give a shit. And as an adult, it's something, you know, your body changes, and I've just, especially with the migraines and other bullshit, like, I have kind of had to learn the hard way um, that I need to focus more on the health of my body and taking care of my body and doing shit like that so that's something that you know as i come towards my saturn return which happens when you're like 29 30 years old ish i've learned that especially going into the next chapter of my life 
I need to take like I'm not I'm not young anymore. I need to take care of my body and shit. I need to stretch every day. Like I'd be aching. I'm out here like a fucking like feeling like I'm a 95 year old woman. So that's something I've had to deal with and learn. And then I've also you know it's when you think about like the workplace, like my day to day job. Um, I, it's still something I'm struggling with in terms of like. I'm just not fundamentally doing what I want to be doing every day, all day. And it's, I like my job, but, you know, obviously it's not my passion. And I'm sure most people, well, a lot of people have that issue. But I've just, I haven't, I've also never, like, this is the first job I've had that I actually, like, like my boss and, like, I'm happy. Like, I've just had a lot of shitty jobs, like, working in customer service, just, like, really getting some fucking life lessons from Saturn. Like, my first job ever, 17 mcdonald's okay i got fired from mcdonald's and let me tell you when i was working with some real mouth breathers some real like single brain celled individuals um but i got fired because my till was short like 20 dollars one day and they just like wanted to make an example out of me and fired me and that was my first job ever and it was really traumatic but i learned a lot from it you know what i mean that's Fucked up, though. And now I get to tell people that I was fired from McDonald's and feel really good about myself. <laughs> I guess that's true. Yeah, sure. I mean, if you, if you feel good about that, that's I don't. Up, then, no, that's, like, me being sarcastic. Like, I was fired from McDonald's. Like, how embarrassing. I'm over it now. I can laugh about it now. But at the time, I was, like, devastated. I was like, wow, I must be a fucking idiot. <laughs> right, 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 right. It was one of Saturn's lessons, man. Well... Did you work there? What? Is what? What did you say? How long did you work there? How long did you work there? I didn't even work there for the, I don't know, it was like six months. Hmm. Yeah, and they put me on back cash, which is like when you're 17 and like you got to take people's money and take people's orders at the same damn time, and like, dude, it's fucking rough. Anyway. I would imagine. I can't. I can't imagine it would be a good job. But I don't know. I don't want to judge it too harshly. No, I mean it sucks. I don't. I don't know who would love it, right? I mean, it's obviously a job that's needed to an extent, but like, I don't think there's people out here like passionate about it. Right. Right. Yeah, that's true. I think anybody's gonna disagree with you. Um. Anyway, so yeah, that's me and Saturn. Saturn's my boy. Um. You know, it's been rough hard out here but um probably better for it you feel me yeah that makes sense okay so we can talk about this so your your saturn is in capricorn which is it's domicile saturn likes to be there it can it wants to and i talked to my dad about this because i feel like with saturn it can be kind of tricky to understand because saturn wants to limit the attributes of the sign that it's in but when it's in capricorn and aquarius the sign that it rules those signs are like naturally they have like a vibe of you know like limitation themselves so instead of limiting it it kind of does more of an enhancing of it basically it just like vibes with it so you're not necessarily like limiting your capricorn traits you're kind of amplifying them because Saturn and Capricorn are often one in the same. Okay. So 
Saturn and Capricorn, um, people can be very, very responsible. Um, and they set high standards for themselves and they are ambitious and they strive, you know, because Capricorn's all about making that money, though. And, um, they can strive for that. But like, I will say this when you have Capricorn, Saturn, sometimes you almost like resent yourself for like wanting that because you feel like it's like money, you want it in excess, but then your Saturn is like, no, excess is bad. So it's kind of like an internal struggle that you can have. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And like just being like super ambitious, like, like I said, you know, Saturn is all about limitations restrictions like being super ambitious is a very jovian jupiter thing and so saturn will just be like no dude you need to chill rein it in so sometimes but it's like capricorn does have that natural affinity towards being ambitious because that's how you make more money that's how you make more success and capricorn is all about stability you know what i mean like it, it you know low risk safe safe routes, safe options. And when you have money, you can save money and you feel more secure in yourself and your finances and your life in general. So it's a constant battle when it comes to Capricorn between like having money, getting money, keeping money, but like within reason, not being flashy, not being excessive, but like low key, like you like to say, you're like smog with your money, you know? In the fucking mountain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I can be. So it can be like I've a... gotten better, okay? <laughs> it can be a struggle. But yeah, you've gotten better because that's your lifelong, your long boy lesson from Saturn. Is to be better about money? No, is that it's, it's a, like you've gotten better over time because it's something you've had to deal with over time and learn over time. Mm. He is the, mm. you know slow and steady wins the race kind of shit delayed gratification you know what i'm saying Uh uh-huh 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 and something you'll probably continue to struggle with a little bit but you know the lesson of that versus somebody who doesn't so whatever got it um capricorn in saturn saturn it it, it's also can be like a bootlicker you know what i mean like follow the rules and mm-hmm. sometimes when you have it in Capricorn, sometimes you can be a little too much like that. Like, you're just very much like, why, you know what I mean? Like, you're, you, I don't know if you want to say judging people, but you'll just be like, people who are rebellious, you can just scoff at them and be like, get over yourself. You know what I mean? And right. just like, yes. Yes. <laughs> you feel safer when things are predictable. And so you find unpredictable people like very unsettling or unpredictable situations or you just like i said with mine it's just chaotic anything that feels like chaos is just like yuck no thanks i would say that makes sense yes for the yeah i would say that makes sense especially as i've gotten older for sure i have settled into that hardcore well, and I feel like it's hard for you specifically because you have any planet that's conjunct other planets is going to like naturally be influenced heavily by those planets. It's like all of their energies are working together. So it's hard to just like isolate your Capricorn Saturn from like you have Uranus, Neptune, 
Venus and Mars in Capricorn. And so all of those things are kind of like working all together. And um, that can be a struggle in general because Capricorn is ruled by Saturn and Saturn's all about limitations. So it can just feel like you are just always like limiting yourself in one way or another. Like you're not letting yourself have mm-hmm. the experiences mm-hmm. that you want or that you should or mm-hmm. like that you're, you're holding yourself mm-hmm. back in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, you're getting in your own way. Yeah. <laughs> but you can also be a very committed person. I mean, there's good and there's bad to it, right? Like, I know you personally, like, you're very focused, um, especially on something that you want, right? Like, your work and stuff like that. Like, you're very focused. You're very um, committed to your friends and people that you care about. Um, I feel like you're pretty good, especially as you've... Maybe this has a lot to do with your Saturn, but you're good about, like, putting up boundaries with people. Yeah. Most people. I've tried to get better, yeah. And, um... I feel like you're pretty self-disciplined. Like, you know, you don't spend in excess. You don't do anything in excess. (laughs) And I feel like if you, like, you're not addicted to, like, anything, as far as I know, like, alcohol or cigarettes. Like, you aren't, you don't have the propensity to, like, fall into that, like, undisciplined. No, 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 no. I don't, I don't have an addictive personality at all. There's way too many other things keeping myself in check to ever, like, fall into something like that. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And you're very pessimistic, which can be good and bad, you know. I can where, be. I think. Oh my god! Also, you just like, talked. You talked all about how life is meaningless. You like to talk. But about how, why is that pessimistic? Why is like accepting the reality of the universe? I don't understand how that's pessimistic. I think it's realistic. I mean, that is but very like, Capricornian and cert- and Saturnian, but it's also just a perspective. You know, like it's not an right. objective fact yeah. that life is meaningless. That's what you choose to say based on what you're observing. But honestly, I find comfort in that. It, so it doesn't seem pessimistic to me. Like why I don't see that as ultimately a bad thing. Like there's I don't I don't, I'm not fussed about like, well, we're all just spinning around the sun. And like that doesn't mean that I don't enjoy my life and that I don't derive meaning from like small everyday things. I just think that ultimately, you know, the big question does not really have an answer. Okay. And I like you saying that it makes you feel good. Like that's a very, like I could see that and I can see how that's very Capricorny. Um, because it kind of, I mean, at the end of the day, like you naturally with all your Capricorn, saturnian energy you're putting a lot of responsibility on yourself a lot and when you accept oh that life is meaningless you are relieving yourself of a lot of that burden and responsibility you know what i mean like oh i don't have to achieve this that the other thing because why does it matter i can just vibe you know what i mean yeah 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 yeah. and so i feel like that is a way potentially where saturn is trying to limit an attribute of capricorn you are trying to limit your own sense of duty and responsibility which can feel mm. intense with all that capricorn energy there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that makes sense so in your fourth house saturn in the fourth house fourth house is all about your home and family so it's like your home now your home growing up and 
your family. So like your direct, your, your immediate family, the family you grew up with, and then the family that you intend to create in the future. And Saturn in the fourth can be difficult. Mostly because the fourth house is ruled by the moon, which is all about emotions and about nurturing. And when you have Saturn in your fourth house, you're effectively like limiting your own emotions, your own emotional nurturing. You're just being very limited in a lot of a lot of places in life that everybody needs in order to like you know be healthy and emotionally fulfilled and emotionally well so it can be really hard with all that capricorn energy focus there because you just feel very like it it can be very neglect it can be a very neglecting feeling just in general like and some of it can be self-imposed and some of it can be related to things that happen in your home and your family and your life some people with the fourth house placement can feel like a struggle to establish what they want their family to be like in the future or maybe they're just like they have an aversion to like having a family or like having kids or they can just with all that energy focus there you you have a lot of like uh emphasis on your own you know your your home your where you're at and sometimes it can be hard to integrate other people into that because you're very like sentimental and possessive of like your home and like integrating another you know person with all of their shit into your life and your home especially can be a struggle because you naturally like want to limit that does that make sense yeah 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 yeah. i think so yeah and i think that applies for sure and um Sometimes um, fourth house energy, which is effectively Cancerian energy, can also be very, like, nostalgic, like, hyper-nostalgic, like, past-oriented. and oh, that's um, hardcore. Yeah, and so sometimes, you know, obviously if you live in the past too much, like, you, it's hard for you to have a future or, like, maintain the presence. And so it can be hard to get over you know bad things that happened in the past too and they can kind of like affect your day-to-day life and your home and your environment and your family or the relationship you have with your family right but the so like i orient myself in the past with my family like i'm kind of stuck in the past ruminating on like my childhood home and shit yeah that can definitely be part of it. Um, it can also okay. just feel like, because Saturn is also about, you know, like your insecurities. Um, because it's about fear and, you know, insecurities rooted in fear, fears rooted in insecurity, whatever. And sometimes a lot of your own personal insecurities, when you have Saturn in the fourth, and you just personally having all of that energy focused in your fourth house, a lot of your insecurities that you carry with you long term can all be kind of traced back to like your family and your mm. home environment. Yeah, well, that's exactly what therapy has told me too. So that tracks. 
And sometimes because Capricorn is like not an emotional sign. And so you're all of that energy in your fourth house is in Capricorn. Your family to you cannot they can come off potentially as like cold like not you know a lot of people think of like you know they go to home and it's like a big warm environment their mom's like making food and they want to snuggle up and they feel safe sometimes when you have all that capricorn energy in your fourth house you don't feel that way it just can feel like a very cold and like sterile feeling well yeah things could be like i don't know it's very hard to explain my my i don't know it's very hard to explain but basically a lot of your lifelong lessons have come from analyzing your childhood and your home environment and like how that's shaped you and like that's kind of like the gift that Saturn has given to you is the knowledge and the introspection and the analysis from all of those experiences. Yes. So um information Saturn is the great teacher. Don't hate him. He might be hard on you. But he, he just loves you and he wants, he's given you tough love, the toughest love, but you're better for it. And um, the glyph for Saturn looks like the letter H with a cross on top. It'll be in the show notes. Oh, yeah, okay. It's kind of um, like the inverse of Jupiter, right? I, oh, yeah, I guess I never thought about it like that. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Like an upside yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. It's like a lowercase. Well, H is like an upside down four and Jupiter looks like right. a four. So. Right. Yeah. It's just flipped. Sheesh. Okay. Next week, we're going to have to get real mature because we're going to be talking about Uranus. So <laughs> everybody just get over it now. It's Uranus, Paige. I know. And that's how I'm going to pronounce it, but gonna be talking about uranus we're gonna be talking about uranus 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 Uranus. i can't wait i'm so stoked so join us (laughs) um okay bye bye okay this time we didn't drop at all this time amazing i know it was like the and there was no leg Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's much better. Which is great. Well, that's good.